Overwired, yeah, let's go. Let's get excited about, who are we getting excited about again? I was told that uh, Tank Dell is a guy we should get excited about, but he's already rostered in at least 50% of leagues. Yes, if Tank Dell is available, Nathaniel Dell, please go get him, but he's probably not. A lot of guys are not. It's really bad. It's a really bad week for the waiver wire. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing, but what I do like and I do enjoy, I like seeing that Leonard Fournette is still available in 70% of fantasy leagues. Leonard Fournette still available. Leonard Fournette still available. What did James Cook do last week? What did Latavius Murray do last week? Nothing. Is that partially because the Buffalo Bills offensive line is not what it was? Yeah. Yeah, you could trace some of their struggles back to their offensive line and their defense. But James Cook's 200 pounds, and this team is never going to trust him to run the ball between the tackles as a workhorse. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna, it might have happened for a game or two, but long run for the whole, the whole season, no, 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 no. And then you look at the box score, you look at the numbers, you look at the routes run, you're like, this guy's not commanding targets. He's running routes. He's not commanding any targets. What is happening? Why? Why is James Cook not the receiver that he was sold to be? I saw a guy catching passes out of the backfield in Georgia, and he looked electric. And now it's like, I don't, it's just not there. Is it why? Why? He's just not in the right place at the right time when Josh Allen needs him. I mean, what did he do? Four for four for 19 yards as a receiver. Didn't even get to 20 yards on four targets. Woof. Right, He's just not that guy. He's not the James Cook we saw at Georgia in the NFL. There's something about the receiving game that is not clicking for him, but it's clicking for Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has a 100-target season on his resume. Leonard Fournette is the type of running back that coaches will trust to run between the tackles. Leonard Fournette faces the Broncos in Week 10, and he was held out, but, I mean, Cody Carpentier shared some photos of Leonard Fournette looking cut. I mean, he looked shredded. I've never seen Leonard Fournette looking so good. It's possible that he's been working out like crazy, that his strength and conditioning is back at a level it hasn't been since LSU, and that he has a complete renaissance of his whole career, just the resurgence that you would imagine best-case scenario for Leonard Fournette, that's all possible because it, it is the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen holds defensive backs and linebackers for that extra second to give Leonard Fournette more time. And he is the primary weapon that defenses have to account for. Where is Josh Allen? What is Josh Allen doing? Is he going to run? Is he not? Is he going to throw? And so they're constantly having to account for Josh Allen, and that's going to leave more room for Leonard Fournette. Remember, Leonard Fournette has been accumulating all of his yards so far in the last five years with a pocket passer, with the pocket passer, a guy with no rushing skills, Tom Brady. Okay, So the possibilities for what Leonard Fournette can be, the rushing efficiency, the target share, especially now that there's really not a number two wide receiver there, it's Khalil Shakir. It's like, so uh, we'll talk about Khalil Shakir in a little bit. 
It's not Gabriel Davis. So they've got one receiver that you can count on week in, week out. And now they've got a tight end, one tight end they can count it. And that's it. Like the number three target in the target pecking order is wide open for Leonard Fournette. So I actually really, I really like Leonard Fournette this week. I think that it's possible that given the extra week to get acclimated, that they just insert him right in there and boom, 15 plus fantasy points. It's very, very possible. And that is pretty much the guy I wanted to talk about at the <laughs> looking at the running back position. There's a bunch of receivers I want to talk about. There are a couple of fringy running backs to talk about after this. Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them. Not so much until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, Hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer to peer betting in all states, and you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on Bet Openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be, and now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out. Anthony M. is in the chat with one of the more nonsensical messages I've ever read. This is a real, this is a real chat submission from Anthony M. It reads as follows. Baked in upside Lenny, not baked in waiver wire. English, please. Uh, or just, or I don't speak nonsense, Anthony. That was one of the more nonsensical, poorly constructed comments in the history of this show. Something about baked in upside, not baked in, right? I think what he's trying to say, my guess is what he's trying to say is if you're in any kind of fab bidding for Leonard Fournette, it's likely that your league mates do not fully understand his upside the way we do. That's probably what he's trying to say. But he's trying to say it in this clever, super clipped way that just turns out to be nonsense. So yeah, this is how you end up looking like a moron in the chat where you, you, you try to be, hey, I'm going to use acronyms and I'm going to take away a bunch of words and then I'm going to you know, uh, use phrase like baked in upside that very few people even know what the hell you're talking about. And then I'm going to mush it all together. And the host is going to be really confused. But it's going to be, hey, it could get, it could be so bad that it gets talked about on the show. So you win. It's a win. When a, win a, when a, when a loss is a win right there. That was a loss that turned into a win. So good job, Anthony. Keaton Mitchell is someone that is currently very popular because he had a 100-yard game. Okay? He had a 100-yard game, and he is explosive, and he looked explosive. He looked a hell of a lot more explosive than Tony Pollard. Can tell you that I don't know why Tony Pollard is not explosive, but the point is Keaton Mitchell deserves ten percent of your budget. He does. Leonard Fournette deserves double that. Like I'm going to put twenty percent down on Leonard Fournette. If I have two hundred dollars out of a thousand left, then I'll put forty bucks down on Fournette. I'll put twenty down on Keaton Mitchell. But that's it, man. That's it. You're going to see plenty of league mates go out there. And they're going to put down a lot more, and they're going to make sure they get Keaton Mitchell because, damn it, the coach implied it might be a committee. 
that he might go with a hot hand, which he won't. It's the Gus Edwards show. Gus Edwards had another two touchdowns. And then they find themselves in the deepest depths of garbage time in the second half. And here's Keaton Mitchell breaking off 40-yard runs, multiple 40-yard runs. Is that going to happen against the Browns this week? No. Is he going to get a 40-yard run against the Browns? No. Pierre Strong's more likely to get a 40-yard run this week than Keaton Mitchell. So I'm not getting out over my skis on Keaton Mitchell. I'll put down a reasonable fab bid and then let my league mates outbid me because Keaton Mitchell's 190 pounds. This team's never going to trust him with any kind of significant workload. And they face Cleveland this week. Justice Hill was not injured. Justice Hill did outcarry him. So just wait and see. I think you wait and see. Wait and see. Dabble, wait and see. Dabble, wait and see. And then this is how your league mates end up spending their fab money, and that's fine. Good luck to them. There's a guy that's going to be in a better position than Keaton Mitchell on a team with more running back fantasy points possible, right? Because you know Gus Edwards has been scoring a lot of touchdowns, but in the next few weeks, a lot of those could go to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson does not throw the ball to running backs frequently. So in the projections, there aren't as many fantasy points available to Ravens running backs as most people think for the rest of the season. There is a lot of fantasy points available to running backs in Minnesota. And Cam Akers is done. His career is over. I can, I can, can, we, can we break that news? Poor Cam Akers. I think we can break that news. I think we should we should break it. Yeah. Cam Akers' career is over, and he is like a lot of running backs who never really got liftoff. In fact, from that draft class, from his draft class just a couple of years ago, also J.K. Dobbins looking like another lost season and a lost career, but certainly J.K. Dobbins will be back, not career-ending, with Cam Akers a second ruptured Achilles Appears to be career-ending. Ty Chandler runs a 4-4. Ty Chandler's just as explosive as Keaton Mitchell. He has more size. He could much more easily earn the starting job, right? So if Alexander Madison misses games, it's going to be the Ty Chandler show. If Gus Edwards misses games, it's going to be a mix of Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell and someone else. When I set up the... Fab guidance on Patreon. Patreon.com slash podfather. I put the percentage you should be allocating to every single one of these players available on the waiver wire. And sometimes I get a side eye. That's not enough, is it? And I'm like, well, it might not be enough on Keaton Mitchell. And that's okay because I don't want you getting him or I don't want you overspending on him to be more precise. With Ty Chandler, I'm not putting 10% of my budget down on him, even though I want him more, right? You don't need to. You don't give your league mates credit for knowing all about Ty Chandler. You can just put 5% down on Ty Chandler. You could double your bid on Keaton Mitchell. Someone else walks away with Mitchell because he had 100 yards. And then you get Ty Chandler. That's how you do it. That's how you play the game. You end up spending less and getting more. That sounds like a car commercial. Love Ty Chandler. A lot of you are in deeper leagues. That's the guy to focus on. That's the guy. Dolphins are on by, but you're still stashing Jeff Wilson. 
You're still stashing Pierre Strong, even though Jerome Ford is back because Hunt put up like two yards of carry, and Pierre Strong is like Keaton Mitchell, only bigger. So Pierre Strong is probably a better version of Ty Chandler, but he's more buried than Ty Chandler is, so I like that. And then the pure stashes, the one-for-one stashes that we love, Kenneth Gainwell, Rico Doddle, start stashing Elijah Mitchell again, he's healthy. The new addition to my stash list, you can round it out with Tank Bigsby and Zamir White. I always pay very special attention to the best teams, right? That's why we're like, oh, you should stash Latavius Murray. And then Latavius Murray is doing absolutely nothing and he's total dust and it's not happening. It's like, okay, we'll walk away from that. But for a week or two, you're stashing Latavius Murray on principle, right? LaMichael Pirine was getting touches for... Kansas City. I don't care about anything else. I just love the touches. So give me the touches. I want the guy getting the touches on Kansas City. And so I'm stashing that guy, right? If I look at the waiver wire and guys like Elijah Mitchell, Doddle, Gainwell, Artie Stash, then the, the stash for the deeper league people, those of us who are like, there's very few of these guys available. Like Pierre Strong's even rostered right? Jeff Wilson's long gone. Okay, well, in that case, stash LaMichael P. Ryan. He has size, he does technically have soft hands, and he's a chief. So that's more than enough reason to stash that player in deeper leagues. At wide receiver, receiver, more exciting, more going on than running back, which has been the case for the last three or four weeks. Top priority, Khalil Shakir. Of course, you want Khalil Shakir. You max out your wide receiver budget allocation, which is 5%, which is the rule, 5%. But he was a priority last week. And then you look up and, wow, he's out-targeting and, and, and grossly out-producing Gabriel Davis. Yeah, we talked about that as a possibility. Khalil Shakir has like a 45% dominator rating. And it wasn't at like a tiny... School it wasn't at like Malone College, like Ashton Doolin. It was Boise State, and he's fast, and he looks like the modern target hog wide receiver. He's six foot. He's 198 pounds. He's just your prototypical productive wide receiver in the NFL, and he was really dominant in college, and he's starting to produce at about the same time that Gabriel Davis started to produce. But he's just better. I'll say it again. I said it last week. I probably said it the week before. Better than Gabriel Davis. Khalil Shakir. Go get him. No Dawson Knox equals more opportunities for Khalil Shakir. He's your top priority, 5%. Right below him is Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson was out with a shoulder injury. He's flying under the radar. Michael Wilson's only rostered in 12% of leagues. That's insane to me. We know he's coming. It's like a drum beat. Like you can hear it in the distance, like the drumming. You can hear it in the distance. The drumming is in the distance. Kyler Murray's coming back. He's the proper alpha there. We're trying to trade for Marquise Brown, and we're trying to pick up Michael Wilson. That's the move in fantasy football. I know that trading for Marquise Brown is cliche, but somehow picking up Michael Wilson is not, actually. Just smart. Because others are going to be targeting, say, uh, Demario Douglas, right? And I was criticized for not being more bullish on Demario Douglas. Where's Demario Douglas? Where's Demario Douglas? And uh, my response was, well, we'll see. We'll see what Demario Douglas is. This is a small school Liberty wide receiver. 
on the Patriots, who's a rookie, and you're trying to get me excited about this guy? Yeah, but he looks explosive sometimes. He looks smooth out there, right? This was the case for Jahan Dotson, even though that, that, that his ADP didn't make any sense this summer, right? And no, I'm not falling for this Demario Douglas. He was in the smashiest spot you can be in, right? 10 fantasy points against Washington. Why? Because it's New England. Is it weird that Mac Jones is this bad? Yeah. Did I see this coming two years ago? No, I didn't. I'm shocked. I'm shocked about Mac Jones. I really am. If you think back, Mac Jones had these consecutive close to 5,000-yard seasons at Alabama, and then he was throwing to Henry Ruggs, overrated, Jerry Judy, overrated, Devontae Smith, won the Heisman, doesn't look like a Heisman Trophy award-winning wide receiver right now. So at the time, 10th overall pick, Devontae Smith, also overrated which then you have to give more credit to Mac Jones in that case. So you're like this guy's going to be this guy's going to be a quality professional quarterback and it's not working out. They have one guy that can create yards and is is a full-blown playmaker and that's Ramondre Stevenson and they know it and everybody knows it. It's not DeMario Douglas. But but DeMario Douglas does face the Colts. And this is arguably a better matchup for him than even Washington because he and Juju Smith-Schuster had the same target share in Week 9. The Colts get exposed against these outside wide receivers. They're going to be able to stop Juju Smith-Schuster. Not that that's ever a challenge, right? But that's at least the thing that we know the Colts can do, right? They can match up with slot receivers. And then the outside receivers absolutely go ham, right? Who Calvin Ridley had his best week of the season against the Colts. Not surprising at all. So you're not allowed to be surprised when this is the one week that Demario Douglas actually produces. Am I going to overspend on Demario Douglas for this? No, but for this week, if you really need a win, that's your guy, right? That That is your guy. I would play Demario Douglas over Khalil Shakir and over Michael Wilson. If you're streaming a wide receiver, then in that case, I would spend a little bit more to get Demario Douglas because it is the Colts. And fortunately, if he's still available, he only put up the 10 fantasy points. Again, same targets as Juju. So it's it's unlikely anyone in your league is that excited about him. If he's already rostered, the percentage chance that he gets dropped is pretty low. You could do a trade for him if you're trying to stream a wide receiver this week and you want a, a, a marginal upgrade at the position. This would be the week. And then after this week, I'm not excited. I just want to make sure people know. I'm not excited about Demario Douglas. There is a time and place to stream a Kendrick Bourne, to stream a Demario Douglas, but I don't want them actually on my team for any length of time. But like a Curtis Samuel, we were streaming him and then every week stream. Why? Because Curtis Samuel's good. Curtis Samuel has a top 20 wide receiver fantasy year on his resume. Kendrick Bourne will never have that. Okay. Curtis Samuel can beat people deep. He can, he can operate in the short intermediate quadrants he could take handoffs and jet sweeps and do all these things curtis samuel assuming he's back he's been dropped in a bunch of leagues so that's a guy would pick up put three percent down on him odell beckham same thing he was the wide receiver target leader for baltimore what's going on with zay flowers zay flowers is a rookie and zay flowers is going to be volatile and likely fade as the season goes along because he's never played this many games 
especially against this level of competition. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Zay Flowers starts to struggle in the midpoint of the season. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. He was, he was weeks where he was getting eight, nine targets every week. Odell Beckham comes back. He's healthy. He's now the target leader. He's an interesting guy to pick up. Now, the Baltimore-Cleveland game has a 37.5 point total. You have to assume that some of those points are going to come from Lamar Jackson runs, Gus Edwards. It's not pretty, right? This is not a, this is not the week, right? This is not the week that I'm I'm, I'm running out and I'm like, oh, Odell Beckham, get in my lineup, right? If we're down at if we're down in deeper leagues now, we're now in deep league land. Alec Pierce, Alec Pierce is not a player I like, but Alec Pierce is a guy on a team that has a gunslinger quarterback who's coming off a game against Carolina where they just don't allow you to throw the ball. Alec Pierce did nothing, but it was against Carolina. Josh Downs left with another knee injury, came in with a knee injury, left with a knee injury. I would be shocked if Josh Downs plays. That means Alec Pierce is going to be starting in two receiver sets. That's the the deeper streaming option I like. So the best streaming options this week, Demario Douglas, Alec Pierce. And I, I would pick up Alec Pierce. I would. I think it's close between he and Beckham and Curtis Samuel. I would rather have Curtis Samuel of those three guys, but it's very close. I just wish Alec Pierce was better. I wish he was better, but if we're just playing this game of like, hey, we're going to flex guys in, we have, you know, we start two or sometimes three flex places, flex positions, I can see it. I can absolutely see it. I mean, Alec Pierce is going to have weeks, right? Just because he's inconsistent, unreliable, like not a refined route runner, not strong at the catch point. He's really just fast, and that's pretty much it. That's okay. Those guys have weeks. They have weeks like this week, right? Now, unfortunately, they play the Patriots. But you'll note, right? You'll note, this is an interesting dichotomy between Colts, Patriots, Browns, Ravens. You ask someone on the street, hey, which game will there be more points scored? They would probably say Browns-Ravens. Oh my God, Deshaun Watson, but also, more importantly, Lamar Jackson. Colts-Patriots, gross. It's at New England. It's going to be dragged into the mud. There's no way. And then you look up and it's like, uh, that's a 43.5 point total. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting for Alec Pierce. Yeah, I would, I would put Alec Pierce over Odell Beckham, for sure. For sure. And then the question is Noah Brown. Now, I want to correct the record. I I said that C.J. Stroud did not run the ball at all. No positive runs for C.J. Stroud last week. Technically, in the box score, that's true. But he did have a super slick lateral that he caught down the field. The runner had already crossed the line of scrimmage. And then he lateraled it over to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud ran... Got the first down. It was super creative. That's a designed run for C.J. Stroud. Okay, so that's different, right? That's even better than a scramble. So he threw for close to 500 yards, and then he also had a designed run. We are going to be hosting a Sonic Truth podcast on Friday, 10, 10.30 a.m. Myself, Theo, Allen, we will be talking C.J. Stroud and Superflex for Dynasty Leagues. It's very exciting. Where does he rank? Who could we possibly move him ahead of? 
which like future Hall of Famers, young future Hall of Famers, could we even possibly maybe consider moving him ahead? Stay tuned. Tune in. And I'm fired up. I'm I'm super fired up for CJ Stroud. I like him. Because CJ Stroud is so good, you have to respect Noah Brown. Noah Brown had a is a journeyman with a fluky week, and I'm not point chasing by any means. No one will. Someone might, but you're not doing that. You know, you're you're going to put down something similar to what you put down on Alec Pierce, because what Noah Brown did last week is something that Alec Pierce could do this week. We want this week's hundred yard performance, not last week's hundred yard performance. But I'm in deep leagues. I'm still intrigued by Noah Brown because C.J. Stroud, and I'm not giving up on Jaden Reed. I'm not dropping Jaden Reed. Not going to do it. He's the best Packers wide receiver, and they just sat on a lead and ran the ball 30-plus times against the Rams. So that's not a fair evaluation of Jaden Reed. I think we give him one more week. I'm also stashing Jalen Tolbert in deep leagues. This is another super dominant college receiver. He struggled to pick up the playbook. Those are the reports out of Cowboys camp. He struggled to pick up the playbook because he was at a very small school and did not run a sophisticated route tree until he came to the NFL. And it's been a struggle to get acclimated. Now that he's acclimated, he's outproducing Michael Gallup. So why am I not interested in him? Is it because uh, there's uh, you know people uh, that are you know, anchored to their cold takes that he's bad? He's not bad. He's a good football player. And he's starting to figure it out. And Dak's figuring it out. So I'm interested in Jalen Tolbert. This is a guy you can just pick up for a dollar. And that's it. I mean, there's really nothing else available. Let me know in the chat. Everybody on YouTube, let me know if there's someone I'm missing. At quarterback, we talked about it on the Top 10 Takeaways show, Josh Dobbs. Oh, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Running for 60 yards and a touchdown. Okay. He has the Saints at home. Will Justin Jefferson be back this week? Probably not. Will Justin Jefferson be back the following week? Right, if I had to guess, I would say Justin Jefferson comes back week 11. Guess who the Vikings play? Oh, guess who the Vikings play? Now, this is also a reason to pick up Ty Chandler, because if Alexander Madison gets hurt in week 10, the Broncos are giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs by four points. 33.6 points scored each and every week by fantasy running backs against the Broncos. The second place team is the Panthers giving up 29.5. <laughs> just another reason to pick up Ty Chandler and just another reason to go get Josh Dobbs. This is the guy that you can stream just like you did with CJ Stroud at the beginning of the season. And then he just becomes your starter. What do you think's going to happen to Josh Dobbs? What do you think he's going to do week in, week out? When he's throwing to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. My God, man. Get excited. He's facing the Broncos in week 11. Of course, that's the game Justin Jefferson wants to come back for. Oh, Josh Dobbs. Overpay for him. Single quarterback leagues. Single quarterback leagues. If you think you're think you putting down enough, put a little more. He's sexy. He's a sexy man. As is Luke Musgrave. We called it. We called it. You're welcome. Said so this is this is the week. If this isn't the week, it's the next week. And if the next week it's not the week, it's that week. Luke Musgrave is gonna have weeks, and it's it's he's gonna have a lot more weeks consecutively in the future, right? Yes, it took him eight weeks to get fully ramped up and and, and blast past 
you know, double-digit fantasy points in a particular game. I think this is going to be a regular occurrence. By the end of the season, you're going to look up, and the Packers receivers, their top receivers, are Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave. Write that down. I get a side eye. That's not enough, is it? Someone else walks away with Mitchell because he had 100 yards. Much more to come, though it's not that exciting. It is something, right? I wish it was. I wish we. I wish there was more to talk about. But uh, sadly, uh, you know, we've we've got uh, uh, you know uh, trying to trying to go to commercial here, as you can tell. I don't know if anyone can tell, but uh, uh, Cardinal Sin, I didn't preload. I didn't preload the promo. I thought I had it saved, and I didn't. You saw me there. Live TV. Wow, this is twice in a row. Ross, Ross, my producer, please don't hold this against me, Ross. That you know, So yesterday, top ten takeaways. We had a, just a, a completely random, unexpected microphone malfunction. And then today, cardinal sin. I did not, I did not, uh, you know, preload the promo. So shame on me. It, it's been a tough week as a broadcaster. And what does it come back to? Preparation. Right. That's the reason why we love Leonard Fournette because he's been working on his strength and conditioning. He's clearly been preparing for a return. Unlike me, who was not preparing well for the show. Shame on the pod, Father. Let's go, Leonard Fournette. What do you think's going to happen to Josh Jobs? What do you think he's going to do week in, week out when he's throwing to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison? My God, man. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting for Alec Pierce. You end up spending less and getting more. That sounds like a car commercial. Interesting. <laughs>